Coming up on Influencing Entrepreneurs. I wanted it to be meaningful. I already knew that I didn't want to just be a programmer, just behind the scenes in coding. I wanted to be um, using these skills to solve real problems. This would be important later because what we found in our research is what gets girls excited about STEM is connecting it to something real. After years of teaching entrepreneurship and consulting business owners, I realized that true knowledge comes from the wins and losses of those entrepreneurs. These are the stories of those business leaders. I'm Casmer Ward, and this is Influencing Entrepreneurs. So we were talking about Smart Girls HQ, and they're making sure that we keep uh, young women, young girls interested in STEM. So first off, just kind of reiterating, STEM is a word or, or an acronym yeah. that's thrown around a lot. Yes. Science, technology, engineering, and, and math. math. Correct. Yeah. So where did your passion come in to make sure that you, this is where you wanted to have your impact? Yeah. So, so I um, personally grew up in a place where STEM was very encouraged, but it wasn't encouraged necessarily for the sake of it. It was encouraged because um, it was viewed as the career paths that were up upwardly mobile. So I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, this country in West Africa. And in that environment, um, your parents are going to encourage you to sort of take the paths that are like well-worn in right. sale, so, like engineering and being a doctor, like those are the things everybody knows you'll be fine <laughs> if you do these things, right? Um, so that was sort of my upbringing. And um, when I moved here to the States um, at high school, so I was about ninth grade was when I moved here, um, I was in this um, gifted program that allowed me to do some interesting things outside of school. And I remember like telling my guidance counselor that I was really interested in computer science um, because it was really the only thing that was new to me. So back home in Nigeria, when I was um, studying there, I had um, a computer class once a week. And so we would go to a lab and we would do things on the computer, but I didn't have a personal computer at home. So at that time, there were not a lot of personal computers in homes in, in Nigerian homes. And so when I moved here, my dad was transitioning from a banking career to um, a computing career because that, you know, technology was sort of, right. you know, blowing up over here. And so we had computers everywhere. And I'm coming back from school and learning about Microsoft Word and Excel. And so I was suddenly all around computers and just extremely curious. I'm like, what is this thing? And who makes this? Like, I'm looking at Microsoft Word. I'm like, who gets to decide where we type the words and who created a menu? And I was just endlessly fascinated. So I told her, you know, I think I want to do that. And she said, um, girls are not interested in that <laughs> so and is my this guidance a public or private a school public here? school right um that was a guidance council and she was kindly trying to tell me like um that's not typically a career path that you should want like are you sure and so she actually got me a research paper to read about this like <laughs> go read this and understand what you're getting into um and it was so confusing to me because i just I was so confused that you wouldn't do something because you're a girl. <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, that makes zero sense to me. And so my uh, reaction was, okay, 
I'm going to actually start taking some computer science courses. So you took it as a challenge. I just started. I'm like, let's see what this thing is. Right. So I started um, while in high school taking at the local community college, taking some computer science courses. And um, I figured out that the one that would make me the thing that I was fascinated about was the UI UX of, you know, Microsoft Word. I was doing my homework in. The language that would um, help me do that was called Visual Basic, which could not have been a better <laughs> language for me to start with because it was visual and that was what I liked I've about taken it. the class. Very creative, yeah. right? Um, and so, oh my God, I loved it. Like I could create menus, I could do this and that. And I, so I went back to her, I was like, okay, I know what my capstone project, I had to have one, will be. I think my hypothesis is that girls are not learning about STEM the right way. And you're this, saying this, this was you, you're guiding the guidance counselor at yes. this point. I'm like, I want to teach middle school kids how to make, this is my me aging myself, a diary right. in Visual Basic. Um, and I think that they'll love it. And so she said, okay, here's our partner middle school. If you plan the whole thing, come up with your curriculum, you have six weeks to teach them. And so I had this little, I had these girls in the library that I was teaching, walking through the steps of creating a diary in Visual Basics. And they loved it. And they were like, oh, would can you stay and do a summer camp? I was like, oh, no, 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 no. This is just right. an experiment. And I you know, went off to college. But I did not realize how impactful that experience was for me. So I went up, that was me confirming to myself that I could do this. I so just it went off. It was kind of a victory. It was, but you yeah, were I was like, yeah, I wasn't going to make a career out of it. I just wanted to, I wanted to prove that this was a stupid idea yeah. that anyone would do some, would not do anything because they were female. And really in my head, it was like, if they don't like it, it's because it's not presented to them right. in a compelling way. And so I was like, we're good. So I went off and, and did computer science as a career. And, you know, it was, it, it was positive for me that um, my guidance counsel actually did that because he prepared me for the shock. I actually wasn't shocked that I was, yes, because then here I was, you know, at Virginia Tech, one of two black females in this entire computer science program. Um, but I was ready for that, right? Because she did give me that research paper and all that. So that didn't make me run. Um, so, but then I left and then went on into a career, you know, at a, at a company working. Because if you make it through a program like that, your yeah. university wants you to go into industry. Yes. Right. Yes. And, but I knew that I wanted to blend. I wanted it to be meaningful. I already knew that I didn't want to just be a programmer, just behind the scenes in coding. I need, I wanted to be um, using these skills to solve real problems. And I wanted to be connected to the problems that they were solving. This would be important later because I find that the, a lot of what we found in our research is what gets girls excited about STEM is connecting it to something real. Girls are not really tinkerers without a cause, right? They're not just going to sit and tinker for the sake of tinkering. It's like, what exactly am I doing with this, right? And so for me, I actually personally just navigated my career that way. I was always doing just enough tech, just enough business for right. it to be interesting for myself. So I, I'm in this career now for 13 years. And honestly, I forget that I'm the only female in the room after a while. Like, I'll be in a room with 30 men and... It, 
wouldn't even occur to me until the end of the week. And right. like, oh, wait a minute. I was the only person in here that uh, would wear this, you know. And so my kids, I started having kids. I have two girls. They're now seven and 10. But at that time, you know, they started coming home with these very unusual biases to right. things like toys and color. And real quick, because because yeah. I, I can see where this is going, but you, you mentioned a minute ago when you were in the room when you you yeah. didn't realize you, yeah. you know you were the only woman, right? Yeah. Only woman of color yeah. in these women. Period. Yeah. Were you still? Was it easy to dis not dismiss, but but not think about the barrier, realizing there were people under that barrier yeah. that you had broken that yeah. couldn't find their path there. Yeah, you know, honestly, I w I wasn't thinking about it enough now that I'm on the other side trying to work on this problem. I feel like occasionally I would think about it. There were women everywhere. They just weren't in the rooms I was in, oh. right? So to that, in that extent, you sometimes forget mm -hmm. that, you know, you're in, you know, the entire field that you're in because you're working on teams, right? So then I might go to like the um, marketing team and there's a ton of women. I'm working with different teams, right? Um, but then I'm working on a tech team and then I'm the only woman. Right. Or in this particular place, I was working in a manufacturing firm. So we would go meet with distributors and customers. And that's where there'll be like 30 men that all lead distributorships um, with industrial products. Right. And I'm the only one in there. And to your point, as I, you know, as my roles increase and scope of responsibility increase, then it was really just like, wow, okay, this is not good. That's when I started to notice is this, you know, we're really making important decisions here. And I'm the only female voice. Like, isn't it isn't it important that we would have diversity of thought, right? And ideas and you know, and I I could see what I could bring to the table because I would see things differently than and I have different experiences. Um, that my uh, peers and colleagues had at that time. And I'm sure it was magnified. Now you're seeing the barriers your yeah. children are going to yes. have, your daughters are going to have. So really, my, my kids jolted me into, how is this possible that, one, we're still, we can't figure this out. Like, to me, so when they would come home and say these things, we don't talk like that in my home. So I'm like, wow. So even if we don't talk like that, there's so many headwinds out there. Like they're going out in the world and they're going to pick this up unconsciously. So my immediate response was, well, okay, let's, you know, get them exposed to a wide variety of things. So I was, I jumped on my computer, Google, let's find stuff for them. Right. And that, that was, it wasn't supposed to be a business. I was <laughs> supposed to find stuff right. for them. And what I found was that they were right. There were so many boy things. And yeah. these, like, literally, that was their word. It was like, this is a boy thing, and this is a boy thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, these are boy things, in the sense that I know what would be aesthetically pleasing to them. Right off the bat, they would not want this, right? If I bought this and brought it home, they would look at me like, you know, you've lost them already. Um, and so, you know, that got me started thinking, what are we doing wrong, right? At that point, I was already in a product development um, time in my career. And so my product development brain was going, well, why, why, why can't we figure this out? And we're doing such amazing things commercially in terms of the kinds of problems we're able to solve as a collective humanity that, you know, the problem of not having parity of um, leaders and women solving interesting problems with innovation <laughs> to me just seemed like we're not trying. And so I wanted to take those skills and figure out how do we do this? 
all of that leads into you starting up Smart Girl HQ. We, yeah. we covered earlier the difference of a nonprofit, a, yeah. a, a social enterprise. Where do you take this social enterprise? So like I said earlier, our overarching goal, goal is STEM career literacy. The way we go about that and the the process, um, our being a social enterprise helps us get there. Um, is that we're not just thinking about one product and how we can sell the most of that product. We're thinking about what's going to get the results. So our framework is that for girls to truly be engaged in STEM and persist along that path for over a long period of time, three things need to happen. One, we need to really help them with discovery, right? So we're going to expose them to as many things as we can um, that are um you know things that they in the way that they would they would like right and then we want them to um get to a point where they have some self-efficacy around what they discover we want them to feel like hey if i understand what engineering is i want to feel like i can do it so an example are um activity kits they're called dear smart girl kits specifically call that because it's really like an invitation for the girl like this is for you right we've designed this for you their engineering activity for the electrical engineering kits is um they're learning to build um, a parallel circuit that lights up a headband so for them um, you know, the parallel circuit is is pretty technical. It, it, it requires them to learn certain things about how electricity works, but they're also really excited about what a light-up headband looks like in the end. But when they're done with that, they get this self-efficacy of, I did that. Like, oh, I can do engineering. Is that what it is? And then the last bit of it is, if we can figure out that spark, how do we then get them continuing to explore. So our tech product that, that's in developer, development right now and also sponsored by the National Science Foundation is designed to do that. So it's those three things coming together. That's really the package of what we're offering. But really like to finish your last statement on is uh, you mentioned one of the biggest resources earlier yeah. was the, the the national government. Yes, yes. So like for we talked about how a social enterprise might go a different route for fundraising because you want a partner that aligns with you. One that's not well known is the national government through a program called the Small Business Innovation Research Grant. So every single agency of the government um, the Congress has asked them to reserve a portion of their R&D spend to the American public to participate in innovation. And so it's a very grueling application process, extremely competitive, but it's a zero equity award. So you tell the government, I'm going to do this work. If they say yes, they give you funding up to um, up to for the National Science Foundation through the entire process is 1.7 million potentially that you can get equity free to do your work. Um, so I would encourage people to look into that, especially if you're building something um, that's in the social enterprise space, because it does have to be commercially viable. It can be a nonprofit idea. Um, it has to be innovative, but it also has to have broader impacts. It has to have something that will impact lots of lots of different people. Well, excellent, Abby. Thank you for sharing your story. Uh, Smart Girls HQ, a uh, uh, great, brilliant organization. I wish you much success. Thank you Thank for participating. You. Influencing Entrepreneurs is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization of Charlotte and Spherical Media. Thanks for watching. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Nexigy Education or visit casmerward.com to catch up on previous episodes.